My love-hate relationship with this season of the challenge continues. I'm John Chitley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast like about the challenge. I'm I'm battling through a cold here. All the greats played hurt, Shelly. It happens. It happens. I understand. Um, no it one, is. Sorry, go ahead, Shelly. No, no, no. I was just going to say. Uh, Sick, not feeling well, battling through the new year, the holidays, all that fun stuff. But we are still here for episode 11 of season 39. I was going to say, all the greats played hurt, which the good news about this season is no one's gotten hurt. Because true. none of these people hurt are great. feelings, maybe. <laughs> hurt feelings. True, true, true. <laughs> Man. Wow. I, I also, I just want to say, I had I had one of those great experiences that we talk about sometimes on You Killed It. Okay. My girlfriend came home halfway through this episode. Okay. She caught the tail end. Mm-hmm. And it's always such an interesting, we'll get there when we get there, but it's always such an interesting insight when a non-challenge fan watches the challenge with you. Because mm-hmm. it put things in a new light. We'll just yes. say that. Yes, definitely true. Um, I actually no, I'm not going to say that out of the pot, but I'll say that <laughs> to you after because, and I know someone complained before about like sean has got to stop saying blah blah blah. It's like, listen, I have a job to protect. Okay, <laughs> so if it's between me stopping myself midway through, almost getting myself in very big trouble, I'm going to do that every time for the record. But. <laughs> I will say point taken and I will just try to think more before I speak into a microphone. If, if it makes our listeners feel better, if you ever get the chance to meet Sheldon in person, he's very much an open book. Yeah. I will tell you everything that I've almost said on the pod that would get me in trouble. I will tell you in person. If you, if you see me on the street and just ask, Hey, give me one of the things that you've said. Oh, I was going to say that, but I shouldn't say that into a microphone. If you stop me in the street and say that, I will tell you one of the things. I promise. I will say, I think we've gotten better at that sort of self-editing. There was times early, early on in You Killed It History. I'm talking like the first 25 episodes where like I was editing the podcast in those days. And there was moments where like Sheldon would text me or I'd be like, hey, so, you know, I'm cutting out 15 minutes of what we said. (laughs) Whereas now at least nine times, no, 99 times out of 100, we catch ourselves before we say something we really regret. True. Very true. Either that or we just care less about our personal and professional lives. Ooh. That's not true. Um, Speak for yourself, Sheldon. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. Um, I think this, uh, what did I say? Oh, a napping contest. I think I'm going to call this episode napping contest because that's what, uh, what's his name? Kylan said essentially that they're going to have a nighttime challenge and he's not really ready for it. Because everyone's tired and it's nighttime. I think actually Kylan made a good point where he said that like he just competed in an elimination and he's mm-hmm. like, he recognized in himself he was having an adrenaline crash and he's like, I don't know how I'm going to get back up for this. And mm-hmm. like, I think that's a fair point, like of anyone in the house. Yeah. Um, when they said it was a night challenge, though, were you thinking that it was going to be grueling? Mm-hmm. Like a difficult like challenge. I think of previous night challenges where they've been like stand on this box, but on one leg and you have to stay up all night or like, yeah. do you remember there was that crazy one where they had to swim underwater and go through like hoops? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like I thought, I thought it would be more intense. Whereas this one, I don't want to say it was easy. Cause like I can't do, I know I can't do the eating challenges, but like, and like the boxes were clearly super heavy. Yeah. But it wasn't like I the feel trivia like questions weren't hard. It was the easiest trivia they've ever had <laughs> by like a country mile. Unless you're uh, Raven. Unless I mean, most of them were struggling through these. But the other thing that I was struck by was like this was a, a daily competition looking for a theme. Like, why was it all like a Halloween themed? 
yeah, the whole graveyard thing was super interesting, right? And and Olivia saying that she was once invited on a date to a graveyard. Like, yeah. What? Where are you meeting these people that are like, hey, I think we should meet at a graveyard for a date. Now, I know she said that she didn't go, but still, I feel like there's got to be some signs before that. That like, I don't know if this person's someone I should be rocking with. You've clearly no? never uh, been involved with a goth. You are correct. <laughs> um, the other thing, though, is like this weird. episode. Well thank you. Thank you. This episode came out like late December. Mm-hmm. If only there was one or two major holidays that involve eating a lot of food. Hmm that happen in mid to late December, if only. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Seriously, yeah, though, know. like, what were they doing? I don't I don't get it. How hard would it be to put some tinsel out, have a menorah, you know, have a Festivus pole? Like, this isn't, this isn't hard, people. I'm not a TV producer, but, like, this came pretty easily. Maybe it was just made for Manuel. And that was the oh goal. They God. just wanted to give him like a home, a home court advantage. Can we talk about homeboy? I mean, yeah. This is like my grandma's house. I love it. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's no way this is like your grandmother's house. I mean, come on, man. I've never been to a vampire's grandmother's house. <sighs> it's true. Have you? I mean, no. I'm not. I'm not Eastern European or of Eastern European descent. But I just okay. I feel like he's leaning into stereotypes that are probably harmful oh, to people okay. from Romania. Interesting. Okay. 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 Fair. 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 Don't you think so? Like, what is he to playing honest, at exactly? He, to be honest, when he starts talking, I kind of tune him out. <laughs> I'm you kidding. just hear you just hear like a humming sound. It's like the it was a Charlie Brown the wah wah wah. Was that Charlie Brown? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. This eating challenge though. So the eating challenge, first off, so if we break this down, right? You essentially have to carry, you know, you have to run over to where these two boxes are, answer a trivia question. If you get it right, you get to carry the lighter box. If you get it wrong, you carry the heavier box. And then once you bring back, I forget how many boxes there were, three maybe. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was three. You got to open up said box, which would then allow you to start eating. And yeah, I don't know. I thought the questions, they could have done a better job on the questions, but it's not even like, I mean, maybe they didn't show us all of the answers. I don't know, but I kind of felt like they did at least for what they said the challenge was. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think the questions were that hard at all. No. I know you – right away, I, I, my question for you is how upset were you in, at the question of g- them getting wrong, ha- who won the most WWE titles, The Rock or John Cena? I mean, deeply upset. Because I don't even watch wrestling anymore, and I would say that like I was out of wrestling – you know, probably like the attitude era, like just after probably would have been the last time I was into wrestling. Right. But like John Cena, like I know of it when it was happening, but I wasn't really around, Mm -hmm. but like he was such a big star that I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This guy's annoying, but also had like, like, it's so funny how much I feel like I know of John Cena's career, despite not watching wrestling at that time. That's how big of a star he was in terms of how they made him, you know, a comedic guy. Then he was the cool guy. Then he was a bad guy. And then he was a cool guy again. And then he did the whole like fake Hulk Hogan thing. Like eat your prayers guy, eat your prayers. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I like your prayers. I mean, I think though it speaks volumes that you don't watch wrestling anymore, but you're aware of John Cena. And I know he acts now, mm-hmm. but like, I think that should tell people something about how many titles he's won. And like, just for the yeah. record, he's won more WWE, like overall titles, mm-hmm. like the, the championship, the heavyweight championship. He's won like 10 more than the rock. Like it's not even close. Yeah. Like it wasn't like you could say like, oh, between John Cena and Randy Orton. And like, that's actually like they're within one or two of each other. Mm 
Mm-hmm. But like, it's not, it's not even close. But also I just thought that the rock, because I remembered the rock, I thought that the rock left, you know, the rock probably could have been there more, but like he just blew up so much and was able to transition fully into acting and, you know, yeah, he's coming back for the Royal rumble. eh? It's going to oh. face his cousin, Roman Reigns. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, why does the rock need to wrestle still? Money talks. Damn, how much could they possibly? I guess it's WrestleMania, so there's lots of money involved. But yeah. wow, or sorry, Royal Rumble, not WrestleMania. Yeah, but still, like, the, the second biggest. Yeah, wow. The Rock. These talk about work ethic. That guy's like, like, does that guy go on vacation? I mean, he works so hard that you kind of have to think it's like a sickness. Like it's it's like uh, Mark Wahlberg and his routine of waking up at like four a.m. each day. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there comes a point where you're like oh you're like not well <laughs> you know what I mean yeah yeah no totally 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 uh, but what other questions stood out to you the most that were kind of like wait really or either you thought it was a good question maybe there was no questions that I thought were good. So I honestly, I didn't even write them down because they were all so obvious. So like, they're not even sticking in my brain. Cause like who had more IG followers, Kendall or Kylie Jenner or Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. And what's her name said Kylie Jenner. And I was like, yeah, I mean, all right. I mean, I thought the hardest one for Americans was the one about Lewis Hamilton and how many world championships he he's won. Yes, because I wouldn't have known that one. I wouldn't know that. Well, and also the options were six or seven. Yeah. So like, <laughs> like that's tough. But like, and Mariah thought he was a scientist. I mean, the funny part about that is Mariah doesn't strike me as a person who would know many scientists. Yeah, I like that. That's where her brain went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lewis um, Hamilton it does sound like a distinguished gentleman. The the other one that I found upsetting, <laughs> and like I can't believe I'm going to say this because I don't even like this group, but like the who's won more Grammys, Beyonce or U two? And Bernard's <laughs> like, who's U two? And like, listen, <laughs> I'm still mad that U two was put on my iPod without my permission. Yeah. But like, come on, they're a big deal, and I'm yeah, not like saying I, that they're a bigger deal than Beyonce. I'm not. I'm not going to go there. But like, they're not nobody. You know, like they they were one of the biggest bands of the '80s and into the '90s. Like from 1985 to 1997, even to 2001, like they yeah. had huge albums. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Like that there's certain things that just cross over that you have to know. And it's not like I can sit here and name you multiple U2 songs, but I definitely know of them. And you play a song and I'd be like, Oh yeah. Okay. I've heard that song before. Mm -hmm. Uh, I gotta say though, Shelly, for all my talk about being able to do the trivia, I wouldn't be able to eat any of this food. Like I know my own weaknesses. I'm not too proud. I would like to think that I might be able to do a lot of it. I'd like to think so, but I feel like one thing that would get me for sure is the smell. And once people started throwing up, I wouldn't yeah. do well. That would be the thing that would get me the most. If you put me in my own room where like I don't have to hear anyone else and it's like, hey, you got to eat these things to leave, I could probably figure that out. I'll tell you. And like, I apologize to listeners if I have told this story before. I, when I was an undergrad, second year at U of T, I went to the Brenny, which is a now closed, but an infamous bar in Toronto's university scene in the late nineties and early two thousands. Hold on. Don't, don't hold. I got a story for you after on your comment on the early nineties and two thousands. Just go on though. All right. So I went to the Brenny with some friends Mm -hmm. and there was a guy who's like sort of maybe, I guess they didn't use this phrase then, but he was like in a situationship with Mm -hmm. a friend of mine. Okay. And I guess he felt threatened by my presence. Okay. So he handed me a shot. I was like, do it. And like, I was in such a state that I was like, sure, I'll whatever. This is a free drink. Mm -hmm. And it was pure Tabasco sauce. 
and I was immediately in a bad way. Of and, course. And I, you might recall the washrooms at the Brunny were slightly like three steps down mm -hmm. and had a low overhang. I hit my head in my rush to get to the washroom and I just puked my guts out. Like it was such a oh. bad scene. And like had a big bruise on my forehead and like it was super rough. Like that guy was a dick. All this is to say, I just kept looking at that like oily, spicy one that they had to drink. And I'm like, that's the worst one. Yeah. Because not only are you going to throw it up immediately, or at least I would, but that oil is going to haunt you for at least 48 hours. Like yeah. you're, you're going to be messed. It's like eating a stick of butter. Like you're going to be in a bad way for days. Yeah. No, it's so true. And that's, that's like, oof. my story of the Brunny was going to be way better than that and probably good to tell just to switch up the vibes, but the Brunny for people who, who you know aren't from toronto which i'm assuming is a lot of people listening to this podcast but uh the brunny was like the spot that you went to as like you could get in as underage kids and you know party and that's where i learned that's where our mutual friend uh david beverage once taught me how to pour a pitcher like into a pint glass without foam you know what i mean like i'm talking about like early drinking year spent at the brunny and so fast forward to two summers ago yeah two summers ago i'm at my aunt's like 75th birthday party mm -hmm. okay and my aunt and uncle were two of the people who were involved in starting the caravana parade in toronto oh that's so, huge yeah so there's a lot of like uh obviously there's a lot of like older like trinis there as well like at this party who I haven't seen in like a long time and in like a lot of you know a lot of people do this i know like you call people your aunt and uncle even though they're not your aunt and uncle but they're just friends of your parents right yeah and so my uncle jerry starts telling because i'm asking questions now i'm like you know i'm like oh where did you guys live in the city when you first came here in the 70s you know and he's like oh yeah i came here and he's like i came here in uh night i think he said like 1968 or something like that he's like but i was here all through the 70s blah blah, blah. i'm like where'd you grow up and i'm not grow up where did you guys stay and he's like oh i lived on brunswick avenue that was the first place we lived i'm like brunswick avenue you mean like the brunny and he's like yeah the brunny that place was great like we were partying there all the time and i'm like hold on the brunny was holding it down and since <laughs> that long in the 70s right and they're like wait you know the brunny i'm like yeah i went there in high school like all the time and then my mom was like sitting right there at the table <laughs> and my little cousin who's like 10 years younger than me she like kind of looks at me she's like oh since high school huh and i'm like i mean uh <laughs> <laughs> and then we all just laugh because yeah of course but well, shouts to the brunny it's too late holding now mrs alexander for, right the brunny uh, holding it down for decades what i think is incredible is the maddie is still going yeah and going strong i'm gonna i'm gonna say this to our listeners because we've had listeners in the past reach mm -hmm. out to you and i for mm -hmm. party tips because they're coming to toronto okay if you're under the age of let's say 25 okay especially if you're in college university the place to go is the madison avenue pub aka the maddie yeah. i think you'd agree with me sheldon just to describe it to, to our at, listeners i'm at least gonna put it at like under 23. okay all right that's fair <laughs> but the maddie is three houses like three mm -hmm. old victorian houses connected by bridges yeah so like imagine like it is on a friday or saturday night it is such a party and you get lost in there you lose friends you find your friends you make because it's friends you make new friends because you're just you're exploring it like you enter in in like the basement of one of them and then you just like work your way through this maze it's crazy. There's a piano bar on one floor. There's billiards on another floor. Mm -hmm. There's like a massive back deck that overlooks Spadina, which is one of the biggest streets in Toronto. It's stumbling distance to not one, but two subway lines. Like it is the spot. If you're Sheldon's right. If you're under 23. Yeah. 
It was a solid spot. That was also another spot that I remember going to when we were in high school and had when I first got my fake ID. I do remember going there. And then after like we had like two or three weeks there until they changed it and said, sorry, you got to be 21 and over to get in. Because <laughs> obviously most of our fake IDs are all like, you know, 19, 19 yeah. maybe 20 if you're lucky. Shout out to uh, I shouldn't say my guy's government name on here. That's a terrible idea. See, another moment. I stopped myself. Why Why can't you say it? It's all good now. Because you're saying someone else's, that's a, that's a crime. I can't say someone <laughs> gave me their ID that I then used to cause tomfoolery across the city of Toronto. That sounds like the, dry snitching. Come on. The statute of limitations has long since passed. How old do you think I am? This was like two. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> uh, very true. Very true. Well played. So, I don't even know what we were talking about. How did we end James, up talking about the, the James, Maddie, Corey, right? Colleen, and Mariah Wynn, <laughs> which yes. is a huge opportunity to turn the house upside down. Mm -hmm. A huge one. Yeah. After a lot of debate, they put in Raven. Do you think okay. that's the right call, Sheldon? I know Raven thinks it's the wrong call, but do you, Sheldon, Alexander, do I you think it's the right call? I genuinely can't say what's the right or wrong call anymore because I don't know who's working with who. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, here's the thing. Mariah and James, I don't know the game that they're playing, right? I thought that Raven would have been cool with them because remember, Raven was with Callum. Not Callum. What was, what was Raven's guy's name? Callum was with Michelle. Uh, Manuel. No, no, no. There's another guy before that. Remember the blonde guy? He got kicked out. Oh, right. Out. Kieran. Kieran, yes. Right? So, like, remember, like, that was a thing. So, I can't really tell where a man or where James and Mariah's heads are at. But also, James is also the guy that was like, uh, you know, I only have one other person in the house anyways, meaning Zara. He's like, so it didn't really matter to me who, who goes in. And it's like, okay, that's a blatant lie. But it's just weird. I, I don't understand. Mariah's like, oh, I was outvoted. And then James says he didn't care. And it's like simple math tells you that that math isn't mathing. I just – so, like, they're obviously not privy to the information that we're privy to. Mm -hmm. But, like, Mariah to some degree is. Okay. They know who's in their alliance. They know who's not in their alliance. Correct. And they know who is – the least valuable members of the other alliance mm -hmm. by default you could narrow down who the most important members of that other alliance are right like i'm not saying that they would necessarily guess to put in michelle mm -hmm. but they could narrow it down to michelle narice and olivia right yes but i also think that at the end of the day though if you're really thinking about it do do we know who like like, I don't really know who's rocking with who, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that really, to me, is the biggest problem or, or like, issue that I have of what's going on here. These guys just don't know who they're rocking with, who they want to, to be in their alliance, and that's the biggest problem. The other thing is, so there's 16 people left in the house, right? Mm -hmm. Between 10... And 12 people are more or less in the same alliance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's pretty wild. Super wild. Super wild. Um, but yeah, I mean, then it, I feel like so much of this, this episode now just becomes different people huddled up in corners, confusing me over who's in whose alliance. No? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought it was so funny that Raven was so salty. Like she was so mad. Oh, the her and Corey thing. Yeah. Corey, but like yeah, yeah. Raven, people not inside your alliance one. Like this is what happens. Yeah. It is, but like she doesn't know what to do. Raven is like super confused, super like emotional. And I get it because like in this house, it's such a like crazy 
set of emotions and you don't know who to trust. You don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's crazy. Meanwhile, we get back to the house. Mm -hmm. Let's get, let's get to the juice, Sheldon. Okay. Narisa and Horacio have sort of like a grade school date. Yep. Where he's trying to teach her how to juggle a a soccer ball, a football to the rest Mm -hmm. of the world. Mm Mm-hmm. And she says that it's like she's back in middle school, in senior school, yeah, where she has a crush, but there's no kissing. There's just hand-holding. Mm-hmm. How are they resisting kissing each other this far? I think they both, but probably mostly him, are like, because we've seen him like this on the prior season as well. He's just not going to do anything on camera, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he, even in the, the conversation they have, they don't really talk about what he does or why he's going to be away. But my assumption is that he's just so cognizant of not messing that up. So he doesn't want to do anything that could harm that. He, what he's away on is he is on... A, a hispanic reality tv show oh okay. that's why they can't say the name because it's not part of the challenge family interesting interesting okay okay that makes sense that makes sense but yeah i mean narice listen i can i you know we can sit here and say like i can acknowledge that Horacio is a good looking dude but i'm going to speak on this from my perspective as a man who enjoys the company of women, I'm not sure, you know, there's an old Chris rock bit that talks about um, chasing and how like you might start stop chasing, but if it's chasing you, we can't run, we can't run that Mm -hmm. fast away. (laughs) Like eventually I feel like Narice, like, I, I don't know how one would be able to just be like, yeah, I don't know about this. I don't think I can do it. That's tough. It's very tough. And we've seen people deal with this in the challenge house before, and they always seem to find a way. Like when <laughs> when you really need to find a way, you find a way in the challenge house, no? I mean, I have it in my notes here. Okay. When Narice is talking about like, oh, I don't know, eight months. And like in fairness to Narice, eight months is a, is a big ask. That is a massive ask. Is a big ask. Horacio, uh-huh. I think, is worth the wait. I think he's a genuinely good guy. He is super hot. He has his life together in a lot of ways. Not He doesn't play this game well. But outside the house, he seems to have his act together. <laughs> like I think he is a rare find. Okay. I think Narice is a rare find. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is... Horacio's worth the weight, but also Horacio, Narice is worth the effort. Correct. Correct. And like, if it's an elimination style show, maybe you're out of there after one week. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, That's pretty sure you got contractual commitments, but you can be like, oh, I pulled my hamstring. Peace out, guys. You know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah. Like, you think it's us out the box here. It's tough, right? Because I, I feel like the other reason he could be like further to your point of him being a good dude, he probably, it seems like there's part of him that might be holding out because he knows that he wants to like date her, date her and, you know, starting something within the house when he's about to just go off anyways, he doesn't want to do that. And there's a world in which I can understand okay, I don't want to just like hook up with you on this reality TV show. Like I can understand that. Now I'm saying that from the viewpoint of someone not on reality TV, as in I wouldn't go on reality TV to then hook up with someone. But I'm Mm -hmm. saying like, obviously people go on with the mindset of, I don't want to hook up with anyone on TV. Like, you know, I'm here to win money or this is my job, you know, this, that, and the third. So from that angle, I could understand where he's coming from. But from every angle that they show Narice on television, I'm like, 
Hmm. Okay, Horacio, you are a strong, strong man, my dude. He is. He is. He has shown tremendous restraint. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, the thing I don't understand is he clearly committed to the show like three months ago. Okay. Why is he only telling her now? True. But there's also the side of like, they're pretty, like they're not fully on a crew, but like obviously Norris is cool with his ride or die, which we'll get to in a sec, but like there's ample opportunity where, and they've talked about how they've known each other. They've kind of been circling each other for a while. So like that also plays a role, I think in like, wait a second, we had all this time where we could have, we could have hung out. We can't do this now. Which I, I also understand that too. Because I think there's a level of when we all know when you're taking something seriously and when you're not taking something seriously. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, But what did you make of the conversation had after though? Where he's basically telling her the whole thing and then it kind of seems just as they're getting together, they're kind of breaking up. But I want to focus in more on her telling that story to um, Olivia. Olivia. Yeah. So we just, there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, mm -hmm. all this seems like it's news to Olivia, which is weird. Mm -hmm. And she later says that, like, they're basically not speaking in the house. Like, it seems like they're drifting apart. Okay. Which is notable and interesting. But the other thing, we just finished praising Horacio. I think it's super fucked up that he's standing outside listening to this conversation. That was kind of weird. And they didn't also elaborate on that. They kind of showed it, but there was no like follow-up, which I feel I feel like I needed a follow-up, like just a confessional, like, hey, what were you doing? Like, what could you hear? Why were you doing that? Yeah, I think that's like a real betrayal of trust. I'd also, as a producer, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to go a next step further on the betrayal of trust. If there was a way that I could have alerted them that he was listening, yeah. I would have done that, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that they would have caught him. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I just, I thought it was, I mean, she's been really vulnerable with Olivia. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, for Horacio to like listen in, super not cool. I'm going to tiptoe around how I say this. And the reason I'm tiptoeing is for, I'm not going to say the reason, but the reason I'm going to tiptoe around saying this and Olivia is giving me like weird vibes in this whole thing. Because I don't get Olivia, like, I understand if she's like, hey, me and Horacio's relationship has changed. But she's also pretty salty about Zara, too. And, like, mm -hmm. Horacio's relationship with Zara. And I, I think, like, why are you so worried about that? Especially if Norris isn't worried about that. Why should you be worried about that? But more importantly, in this time where Norris is, like, obviously upset. She's super emotional about what just, just happened. I feel like Olivia's role here as the friend is to support. And instead she uses it to kind of like pile on Horacio or like mm -hmm. dis Horacio. And it just comes off as like the hater friend and like dudes in relationships. And I'm sure it goes the other way, but I feel like the dynamics between male and female friends and then mm -hmm. how they deal with their friends and relationships are different. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm speaking on it from like the guy's point of view. I feel like a lot of guys know who their girlfriends, hater friends are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna put, I'm also going to put this out here. If you were in a situation like Horacio mm -hmm. and your lady friend, potential lady friend, mm -hmm. and you maybe butted heads. Okay. If she came to me and was like, hey, John, like, here's what's going on and like starts laying it out. Mm -hmm. There's a certain point where I'm going to say, listen, I like you. I think you're great. I'm rooting for you and Sheldon, but he's my guy. Mm -hmm. I can't you can't be putting this on me like you're yeah. compromising my friendship with Sheldon. Mm -hmm. Like best of luck. I'm not going to speak ill of you to, to Sheldon, but like we got to draw a line here because like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Olivia didn't, didn't say like, Hey, like, I'm so sorry about this. Like, this is a tough situation. I don't envy you. Uh, you know, but Horacio is my guy. And like, I'm not going to like, 
advocate or like commiserate with you just because like like i just can't get in the middle of this you know like that's sort yeah. of i think the mature response and olivia doesn't do that yeah significantly did yeah. you see the twitter exchange between olivia and narice i did not they do not like each other Sheldon. Ooh, so what happened i wonder if we're gonna find out they apparently talked all kind. Olivia talked all kinds of shit behind her back. Like there is Ooh. all kinds of issues. Drama. I like it. I like it. Um, I wonder though, how is it possible? I feel like this is something that has to be on the show, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, the way that these two, I feel like they, uh, how do I say this? You can okay. I was tiptoeing around, but I feel like there's something going on here with Olivia where she's kind of jealous. I'm just gonna say it, mm. and I'm not saying that she wants Horacio or wanted to be with Horacio, but I think that what happens sometimes in human nature is you tell yourself that you're friends with someone, but you're really just saying that you want it to be more, but you're waiting on the other person to acknowledge it, and so you might be friends for a while, you might end up being friends for a long time, but if that person were to make the move. You wouldn't be so upset. You, you know what I'm saying? And I think now yeah. that Olivia is like, okay, so this was my ride or die. And now you guys are hooking up or want to hook up or whatever. But then on top of that, you're also now friends with Zara in the house. And I'm now fallen from, I was your ride or die. And now I'm like, maybe you're number three. I think like feelings are hurt. Ego is hurt here. Yeah, I think also, I think I truly believe that men and women can be friends, like straight men and straight women can be friends. Of course. Without complications. But I do think that there's sort of a... That's not what I was saying for the record. Of course they can. No, no, no. But I think that sometimes without being romantically or sexually involved... Mm-hmm. Male and female people can sort of be placeholders for relationships. Ooh, that's deep. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to name names because you know this person as well, but I have a friend and she was single for a long time mm-hmm. and she had a male friend mm-hmm. and nothing ever happened between them sexually mm-hmm. or romantically. Mm-hmm. But because they're both perpetually single, they would do date-like activities. Yeah. They would even, on Valentine's Day, for lack of anything better to do, mm. go out to dinner together. Okay. That's that's a, a weird dynamic. And I think, yes. again, I'm not saying with, like, Olivia and Horacio that there was feelings, but, like, he occupied he's did part of the work of a boyfriend Mm -hmm. and he's not doing that now. Yes. And especially in a heightened scenario, like the challenge, right? Like, cause Mm -hmm. obviously real life, you're going to have different people in different scenarios. And I remember being in a situation before with an ex where they were kind of like, hold on, like who is like, they were asking about like one of my friends and trying to figure out like what the dynamic was. And Mm -hmm. I stressed so hard. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't think you understand. Like, that's like my sister. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not. And like, for most dudes, or I should say dudes who are my friends that I know, there's lines where it's like, no, no, no. Like, once someone enters into like this sphere, that's just not what it is. It's just not a thing. Like, that's not how I look at it. And I remember we were having the conversation and she was like, but what if like one night you guys were both drunk? I'm like, that's already happened and nothing happened. Cause like, that's Mm -hmm. not a thing. Like you're not listening to what I'm saying. Like if that Mm -hmm. was going Mm -hmm. to be a thing, there would have ample opportunity for that to have happened. And it just would never happen because it's not a thing. And I remember she just couldn't wrap her head around it. It was the funniest thing ever. Cause it was like, one of the questions was, um, what if you got like drunk dialed, like really late at night and it was her on the phone and she was like, Hey, come over. I'm like, Honestly, I would question if something's wrong. Like I'd be worried because mm. I think like something is is like seriously wrong. Like it was a code word. 
something just like something's up early. You're like way too hammered. Like something went really wrong. Like I'd be like, what is wrong? Is, is everything okay? Because that's just not the nature of the, the situation. Right. And like, I feel like once you, if you have the ability to have those relationships, then I feel like you have stronger relationships just everywhere else around you mm. because you have open and honest dialogue with your closest people. <clears throat> and I don't think most people do. I think people say they have a lot of friends, but they really don't. Mm -hmm. Real friends. But it also True. told me a lot, if I'm being honest, about what their relationship was with their male friends. <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying. I do. <laughs> it was very telling to me to be like oh wait a second so does that mean that you know that these dudes that you're telling me are just your friends are all just sitting around waiting for you to be like oh hey <laughs> like losers but anyways so we have another <laughs> interesting this place has been amazing friendship situation to parse out mm-hmm so after this heart to heart, which we should note, Nari says that she'd written in her journal that she thinks she's fallen in love with Horacio. Yeah. They have reconnected. They're lying in a bed together. <laughs> yep. And like cuddling, spooning, they, they start to make out a little. She gets on top of him. Your girl Berna walks in. <laughs> Yes. And she's like, no, like I need to sleep in this room and I don't want to hear. And she simulates certain noises. Yep. Which I thought was really excessive. Mm -hmm. And she's like, nah, you got to go, Nerys. That's a, that's a bit much. She's doing like doing too much. Doesn't even begin to explain what Berna was doing here. Like they're grown ass people. And I'm going to be honest, if that was me and I was either Horacio or um, Norris, I'd be like, hold on. I'm a grown ass man or woman. Who are you? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. You don't get to tell me I need to be here or be anywhere. Like, who are you? Nobody told you you had to do that and sleep there. This is a big house. You could find somewhere else to go. Be solution oriented, Berna. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, it's just weird. Another, another real life story from... John Chitley Hills days in undergrad. He's <laughs> playing uh, Mario Kart 64 in residence against one of my boys. Okay. And like he was playing really bad, Sheldon. I was kicking his ass. I was lapping him. I was talking okay. all kinds of this shit. I beat him. I turned back because he was sitting behind me. Mm -hmm. He was making out with some girl. Oh. <laughs> so, so what did I do? I put the Kept controller playing. on the ground and I walked out. <laughs> yes. Well, I didn't played. say anything. Like I, I said, oh, like, cause I was surprised. I said, oh, but that was all the commentary I had. Yeah. And I exited the situation. It's not my business. Yeah. No, I'm, that, I'm that's, I hear you. that's the move. Yeah. Right. Like survey the situation. But then, then your girl, Berna, <laughs> sees that Raven. Animatable. See this? Okay, they put this together as if it was the same night. There's no way this was the same night, right? It was. It was heavily implied it was the same night. I I know what I'm saying. Like, it but not be. just by the edits. Like, it looked like Nerys was like in the process of getting That's out of true. the bed for, from Horacio's yeah. scene. That is true. And then, like Raven's, like, I can't believe what Berna just did. <laughs> <laughs> and like, listen, Berna is morally correct. Emmanuel yes. has a mm -hmm. girlfriend at home. Mm -hmm. He should not be fooling around. Okay. However, he already according has. he already has that ship has sailed. Mm -hmm. His girlfriend's already going to see the season of the challenge and be very upset. Mm -hmm. That's that's too late, Berna. You are too late. But doesn't she know that? Doesn't everyone know? Does everyone in the house know? Yeah. That he and Colleen hooked up. They do, right? Oh, oh, Sheldon. Here's where. Your boy brings it full circle. Okay. In Narisa's tweets about Olivia, oh, she says that early on in the house, Emmanuel knew where there was no cameras, 
and he and Olivia <laughs> fooled around. Wow. Reaching third base. Oh. And Gosh. after that, Emmanuel wanted little to do with Olivia. Wow. So again, wow. the ship has sailed. The ship sailed weeks ago. Wow, 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 wow. So, like, I listen, I know. I know Berna's right. But Berna, just find somewhere else to sleep. Like, there comes a point where you just have to wash your hands of what other people are doing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, just, sure. just peace out. Doing too much. And also, Horacio, not Horacio. Uh, what's my guy's name? Emmanuel. Manuel. Mr. Emmanuel. Vampire. He's a grown-ass vampire. You got to let him do his own thing and make his own mistakes. He is centuries old. Right? You got to let him do his own thing. He's already made his mistakes. Let him continue to make his mistakes. Because let's be serious for a second here, right? If the girlfriend's already finding out about one woman, right? You coming in to stop him from being with another woman doesn't really like make things better. If you know what I'm saying, like if you're the significant other at home and it's like, you cheated on me with one person and then you cheated on me with two people. And then he's like, no, 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 I didn't. I got stopped before <laughs> I was about to do it. Like that doesn't make it any better. Does it? I'm, I'm also going to point this out. Okay. So Berna stops them. Okay. They're obviously going to get another opportunity. Like Berna can't be everywhere. True. Right. Like, Manuel has clearly found a place where the cameras don't cover. Guy's on a mission. Raven knows what she's getting into. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna be able to. You're not gonna be able to stop them. So just like this reunion is gonna be great. Oh, it's gonna be so good. Not as good as the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion, but pretty good. You know what? I've never jumped into it, but I know that uh, the Twitter sphere, because obviously, listen, my Twitter timeline hits like a lot of different corners of the Twitter world. <laughs> so there's a reality TV pocket, obviously. And yeah, there's a lot of talk about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So listen, some of the Real Housewives shows are hard to get into. Mm -hmm. Salt Lake City, they're only on their third season. Okay. It's incredible. If you're going to watch any Real Housewives show, okay, I'm not just speaking to you, Sheldon. I'm speaking to anyone. I'm, I'm speaking to people in the future. If you're if you're going through back episodes of You okay. Killed It and you've never seen Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, get in, get in now. Buy stock. It is by far the best Real Housewives show. By far, he says. Okay. Okay. Listen, Sheldon, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. Bill Cosby's niece is on the show, and she is possibly a cult leader. What, what? more do you need? She's not even the most controversial person. <laughs> wow. That is, that is an elevator pitch if there was one to watch a show. Sheldon, Damn. she's not even the one that got arrested while they were filming. Wow, hold on. How does that even happen? Damn, okay, okay. Homeland Security in the second season arrested one of them. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, okay. Yeah. Sounds like so. A speaking of stupid decisions, nominations come around. Mm -hmm. Zara nips this Berna Zara situation in the bud by nominating herself. Yeah, never a good move. Just never. It's, a smart it's move. never a good idea. Why? Doesn't make sense. Because there's too many variables at play. You could listen, being confident in yourself and in your abilities is cool. The problem is, you don't know what the elimination could be, you don't know who the elimination is against. And why would you put yourself in that scenario? Because again, you could be the best challenger on this by far, but it has nothing to do with who the other people are that you're on the show with because you're obviously going against a challenge champ that you don't know who it could be. But and apparently, I guess they had hints 
of who it could be because some people were worried. (laughs) Let me, let me add on to what you're saying though, because I think this is important. How does this improve Zara's standing in the house? It doesn't. She was going to be the house vote. Next time it's a women's elimination, she'll probably be the women the house vote again. Correct. Right? Like she's counting heavy on Berna continuing to cock block everyone. Like that's not a strategy. Yeah, I think she clearly thought that you know, this was going to make her look really cool, but someone called her out after, right? Who was it? I Berna it was. did. Oh, Berna yeah, and Asaf. Yeah. I was like, you're going in anyways, but cool. Good luck. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but overall, just not a good look anyways, because who knows who everyone else is going to vote for. Plus, how many times have we seen someone just put themselves in by just saying something dumb? Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen. But also the whole fact that it was Laurel coming out, like, I mean, does she know who Laurel is? I don't know. But bottom line, you don't know what the elimination was going to be. No, we got to talk about Laurel and the the threat of Laurel. Yeah, because your girl Michelle mm-hmm. is shook. Shook ones switch your demeanor because Laurel hates her justifiably. Mm-hmm. They and got beef. they got mad beef. they got so much beef they could open up a butcher shop yeah and michelle knows that if laurel pulls the chaos mace she's gonna get called down she's probably gonna get dummied <laughs> now do you think michelle would have a chance in anything against laurel yeah, I, I mean, I think the competition that it ended up being, anyone could have won. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it played to Laurel's strengths. Okay. Laurel's strength is that she's, like, six feet tall and, like, 190 pounds of muscle. Yeah. No, right? that's And Laurel's mentality is just, like... It's, a, it's a different level. She, wants she, has a different, she has a different gear than everyone else. Yeah, she wants to smoke. Um. So, I mean, that was interesting. I was, I was, when Laurel did show up for the elimination, I was rooting so hard for her to pull the chaos maze. That would have been sick. Mm-hmm. Instead, she pulls Raven's name. Fart yeah. sound. Yeah, that was a letdown. I feel like, you know, everyone wanted it. The fact that she called her, like, that's my line of the episode when she just called her purple jacket. <laughs> she called. She didn't even call Michelle by name. I was like, yo, the the level of disrespect, just why I love Laurel so much. Laurel is great reality TV. She's, she's so good. I miss her. I miss her in her prime. Mm-hmm. She was so good. Yeah. Um. So it's her versus Raven. It's chain reaction. So what they have to do is they have to pull a chain that is multicolored. Like it's got paint on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And once they're done pulling the chain, they then have to take, they have to unlock, they take a key from the end of the chain, they unlock a chest, and in the chest are these wooden pegs that are painted colors. And they have to put the pegs into a pegboard in the order of the colored chains that they pulled. Did I explain that correctly? I think I yeah. got it. Yeah. So it's not just about like who can pull the chain fastest, but who can keep it organized or memorized memorize all the colors there's more than 100 colors because it's 10 rows of 10 so like no one's gonna be able to memorize that but like you could i guess memorize the first 10 maybe yeah and then just like come back or like both raven and laurel take the approach of just being really organized and sort of like laying the chain out in their space yeah and trying to like plan it out that way what did you think of their approaches shelly so I thought that their approaches were very good. I thought it was like, that's the way you got to go about it. You got to pull it out slowly, but not like just tangle it up because you want to maintain some level of order. I thought this was a really hard challenge, but it's one where you have to, I think Laurel had the right idea where it was like, I'm not paying attention to what she's doing. I'm going to focus it on what I'm doing and make sure that I have everything right. Um, which I thought was the right 
thing. She just obviously made a couple mistakes and wasn't able to get there. But on the flip side, like, let's be honest, what, what did this come down to in the end? It came down to the fact that the whole crew was helping Raven. And Hey, that's just a challenge thing that happens sometimes in the elimination. And let's be honest. That's what they should have been doing this whole time <laughs> because the person that goes in there is trying to keep y'all's money. So yeah, I thought that was, I thought it was an interesting challenge. It was pretty cool, but it was one where if I was production, what I would do next time is just make the challenge competitor further away from the rest of the cast. Mm -hmm. So that way it's more difficult for them to help. I wonder if they got to choose. Um, with, or do you think they were just put? I don't know. That's interesting. I feel like it was just put because there's an update that I want to read. I was searching for a, for a tweet for a very long time because I knew that I saw it and I wanted to read it verbatim instead of trying to paraphrase it. But the reason I think this is because this is from Laurel. Laurel says, I just want to say this is how you know, in all caps, the challenge is not rigged. I told every producer what I wanted and who I wanted to go against. All the rest of the girls, I had no desire to ruin their experience. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to be honest. She says she told every producer, if I was one of those producers, I'm rigging it. I'm telling you where the chaos is. I'm letting yeah. you call her down. She's going to have to take off the purple jacket and we're, it's not going to be hall brawl. Cause I'm not going to do that. Like that's too far. I'm not even going to make it the, the wishbone. Cause that's going to be too much. I don't think I'd even make it something physical, but maybe I'd make it like the, you know, the one that she lost a car Maria in. Yeah, like yeah. You have to wrap the ropes around something like that. You know, yeah. that's like hard. It's physical, but it's not like directly one-on-one -on -one contact. Like I'm not going to allow Laurel to put her hands on her. Yeah. That's I'm essentially saying. conspiring to assault. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I do think though, that Laurel, who, I, you know, I love, I think Laurel was too, caught up in the idea of facing Michelle and then when she didn't get Michelle she it sort of like deflated her yeah definitely I also think that I'm not a big Michelle guy I think I think that's been made clear but I think she had a valid point when she said of Laurel that Laurel's biggest weakness is that she can never be wrong so when she is wrong, she slows down because she can't process it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we saw here. Interesting. Yeah, no, no arguments here. I think that was a very tough one. And I think Laurel, um, once she got her first check and it was wrong, she's completely rattled. And instead of trying to like figure out where she went wrong, mm -hmm. she like lost herself. And I honestly think too, and especially after seeing that tweet, and seeing her tweets afterwards in which Raven Raven tweeted at her saying real recognize real Laurel Stuckey still at a loss for words. Thank you for believing in me. And Laurel says, good job, Raven beat me fair and square. You keep believing in yourself. Remember what we talked about. It comes from within. I'm not saying that Laurel threw it cause she's not going to do, do that, but no. I'm saying she was less hype to continue. We'll say mm -hmm. after she, you know, fumbled the first attempt. Yeah. One thing I have to point out, like I said, I let off this episode saying my girlfriend watched the end. So she basically just saw the elimination. Mm -hmm. She asked a good question. What was stopping the competitors from taking the bucket filled with the pegs over to where the chains were mm -hmm. and just organizing it right there? I'm going to say, I'm going to hope the rules. Because the one thing we learned from the Jordan episode, right? When Jordan came on, mm -hmm. he said that he asked so many questions. Like they didn't show so much of the elimination, right? But he asked so many questions about what the rules were in terms of him being able to make contact with Kieran, 
you know, mm-hmm. are, am I allowed to tackle them? Are we allowed to do? And like the producer said, no. And then there were moments where it happened anyways, and that to stop it. So my assumption would be, or my hope would be that they would ask. Cause my other thing would be, you know, I would have just dragged the chain over. Mm-hmm. Right. So then now I can just line it up that way. Yeah. And it's less distance for me to go to see where, you know, each things are. Even failing taking the whole box, wouldn't you just take like armfuls and just like lay them out? Yeah. No, I definitely. I feel like they could have flat outside the box a bit more. Always the case. I, That's why they I'm need gonna, Johnny Bananas. I'm going to point it out. I didn't have a line of the episode. I'm not, I'm not really, I know I said this last episode of You Killed It. I'm not really feeling anyone. So here's the thing. With all of the challenge vets coming back on, it's a reminder in some instances. I thought so with Laurel. I thought so with Jordan. I thought so with Darrell. Like they're just so much better at the TV portion of it. Like Darrell came on and he gave like three one-liners, like just in, like he was shooting a high rate. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. Laurel comes on with the purple jacket, right? Like it was just like, they know what they're doing TV wise. I still feel like all the cast members on this season are trying to figure themselves out. And the reason why Michelle and Jay, they're the most experienced. And that's why they have kind of taken center stage because they're the most confident in sort of stepping into that space. And even Michelle, like think about what she was trying to do, right? Michelle is trying to play it off as if she was going to like, you know, batter eyes at Laurel and that was going to like make everything okay, you know, and no. So I just think it's a different um, type of season with people who are trying to figure out who they are on the challenge. Mm -hmm. Carasio doesn't even talk. Really? I saw Jemmy, friend of the show, Jemmy tweet. She made a good point. Production clearly went with people who would not cost a lot in terms of their per episode appearance fee. Ooh. Because if you're talking people who've never won, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of names. Oh, yeah. That you could have. Yeah. Off the top of my head. Corey. Kyle. Right? Like, I think those two. I just saw Kyle's going to be on Jordy Shore. Yeah, well, that's where you started from, right? Oh, it is? Totally forgot that. I thought um, it was like, are you the one or something like that? I think he was later on like X on the Beach and stuff, but he started on Jordy Short. But like, there's a lot There's a lot of people you could have on who never totally. won. Anissa famously mm-hmm. never won, yep. right? The list goes on. Um, they're nowhere to be seen. Different show with those people on. Yeah, it is a very different season of the challenge. Um, I don't like it it is quite, it is a strange season, and I'm interested to see where it keeps going. So I have to ask you, Sheldon, who killed it for you this week? Oh, Laurel. Every time Laurel comes, Laurel is just great TV. And Laurel came in at the end. Um, She had the fear in Michelle from early. She came in just mean mugging, staring down. She came in with the energy, you know, the vibes. And it was just, it was amazing. And I know that she lost. That doesn't matter. Anytime we get to see Laurel, I'm happy. Because that brings me back to, you know, simpler times on the challenge. Better times on the challenge. And I'm here for that. Um. I guess, God, it's always, it's so hard this season because like no one's playing this game well. I guess I'm going with Kyland who seems to slowly be putting together what needs to be done. Okay. The question is, will he do it? Like, is he the one to be like, hey guys, let's put in Jay and Michelle. Because there is a conversation that Kyland has with Horacio Mm -hmm. where he's like, you know, Michelle seems pretty full of herself she's looking out for herself and she seems to really believe that she's running this whole place we should probably go after her yeah yeah no it is quite strange i agree with you um kylan's an interesting cat 
especially since uh, DJ Mel's gone. I'm interested to see what happens with him as well. Yeah. Him and the Horacio duo. Where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Huge shouts to the people liking and subscribing to the pod. Wherever you get the pod, we appreciate the likes and shares and rates and follows and all that fun stuff that people do to support podcasts because we appreciate that. You can find me on Goodreads at J. Chidley Hill. Set my book challenge, my reading challenge for 2024 at 20 books. Last year I did 21 books. I fell short. So I'm, I scaled it back down. Okay. Just the 20. I'm feeling good. Reading an excellent book on basketball analytics, but then I'm going to do some fiction. Going to get ahead early. Pump those numbers early. Join me on Goodreads, folks. Oh, that's pretty cool. Maybe I will. Yeah, you should. I love talking books. You know this, Shelly. This is true. Until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it.